Welcome back everybody to the Young Adult Novel Audio Podcast. I am reading from the book Supernatural Academy. The book is coming to an end soon. There's about 80 something more pages to go. Um, I'm starting with chapter 22 and there's 26 chapters so we are coming to the end of the book. I think the chapters are going to start getting a little bit longer um, because there's not that much longer to go so bear with me. Again if you have not checked out the Facebook page. I am, I did start a Facebook page just so y'all can recommend other books or give me feedback. Um, just shoot me a message saying hello. Um, it is at YA Audio Podcast. So at YA Audio Podcast is the Facebook group or Facebook page. So check it out definitely. Um, I'm gonna be writing some messages on there soon but again i'm starting with chapter 22 the book is supernatural academy by maria grant and i highly suggest if you are just not tuning in to please listen to chapters 1 through 21 because i'm not doing another recap uh after i botched the first one (laughs) so Please, please, please um, catch back up with chapters 1 through 21 um, before you listen to this one. This one is 22. So I'm about to get started now and I hope you guys enjoy. This is chapter 22 titled Coming Together. Read, you need to tell me what this ritual is, Yates commands as they sit in a private room at the library. The library was supposed to be closed, but they broke in so they could talk in private. Look. Reed opens his bag and pulls out the book they had acquired in New York. He also pulls out a notepad and spreads it out on the table. The notepad is covered with scribbles and colors and eraser marks. It makes Yates go cross-eyed. What am I looking at exactly? Yates inquires. I've been working with Mrs. Cotell on transcribing this book. Reed admits. She's a researcher on discovering and understanding ancient texts. Ah, understanding dawns on Yates. Anders is convinced you're hiding something from him, and he's not pleased about this, man. Reed gives a grim expression. For good reason, Reed sighs. I found a resurrection spell. Yates' eyes grow wide. Reed! Yates gaps. This is... Some serious dark magic gates, Reed barrels on. It requires binding Kaya's life to another life force. You can't be serious. Yates leans back in shock. I would bind myself, but I know I can't, Reed admits. I don't want to die. And Anders would only feel betrayed and make Kaya's life a living hell if she lived and I died. So what are you going to do? Yates looks at the notepad again to see if it will start to make sense. That's what you're here for. I need your help. Reed pleads. Yates hates this. Hates that he agreed to help in the first place. This could go seriously wrong. And not only could Kaya die, but so could Reed. This is dark magic for a reason. Banned magic from the council. If they even get a wind 
that Reed has done this. He'll be marked as a druid and kicked out from the academy at the same time. Let me think. Gate states and closes his eyes. Reed can perform solo magic. And his magic comes from the earth. If he can somehow use the earth to draw power, he might be able to do a transference spell at the same time as a resurrection spell. Could you do two spells at once? Reed looks on in confusion as he leans back in his chair. The answer is he has no idea. Especially since he's not sure what the two spells to be doing simultaneously even are. I'm not sure, he goes for honesty. If you can somehow do a resurrection spell and a transference spell at the same time, you might be able to bind her life to the earth. He says slowly. Reed's eyes light up. That will work, Gase exclaims. <laughs> Only if you can pull it off, Gase responds, and Reed's shoulders deflate. I could use the blood moon to strengthen my power, Reed states back with a snap of his fingers. Alright, so that's it then, Gase decides. We need to practice doing multiple strong spells at once. We'll tell the others his training, even have Kaya doing it with us as well. <sighs> Thanks, man, Reed says quietly. I couldn't have pulled this off without you. Reed doesn't have the heart to tell him that he still not might be able to pull it off. Instead, he just smiles and starts planning what their first session will look like. While Reed and Gates go home, the next day they wake up early to start practicing while the others stay in the house. Declan tosses popcorn up and tries to catch it in his mouth. It falls to the floor instead. He groans and reaches in his bowl for another piece. Malcolm walks into the basement and slaps Declan's foot in passing as he goes to sit on the couch, Sophie behind him. Hey, why aren't you two out practicing? Declan says with a mumble voice as he continues to watch Netflix. We need to talk to you. Sophie alerts him. He grunts his acknowledgement. We want to read Reed's mind to see what he's up to. Declan chokes on popcorn. He coughs and coughs until he gags a piece up and onto the floor. Face red and hot as he gasps. Thanks for the help, asshats. Declan pants. He grabs at his throat as Sophie absentmindedly pats him on the back. She looks bored. Declan glares. Seriously. Malcolm leans forward to rest his elbows on his knees. We think he and Gates are hiding something, especially after last night. <sighs> the thing is, they are. Declan wants to say, but doesn't. Gates came to him last night and told him everything that they are up to. There's no way Declan is going to spill the beans. It's not his secret to share. Don't invade their privacy, Declan shrugs. You do that, and they'll never trust you again. I don't know what's going on either, but I trust them. He chances looking to them before turning back to his show. Besides, if they don't trust the two of you with their secret, then doesn't that say more about you two? Do you know something? Sophie's face scrunches up. Not at all, Declan lies quickly. And that doesn't bother you? Sophie lowers her gaze to more of an accusatory glare. Of course it does, he lies again. Then Sophie throws her hands up in the air. Ugh! 
she screams. Chill, Soph. Declan throws a piece of popcorn at her. You're hiding something as well, she determines all on her own. Fine, keep your secrets. See if I care. She stands and starts to head upstairs. I'll be choke on more popcorn. That's mean, he says honestly. About died. She huffs and leaves. Declan turns to Malcolm and raises a brow. Don't do it, man, he warns. Malcolm tightens his lips. If you tell me the truth, I'll keep it from Sophie and keep her at bay. Malcolm promises. I promise. Declan knows Malcolm won't go back on a promise. He sighs and relents. Having Sophie kept at bay will help them enact their plan. Oh, man, don't hate me, Yates, Declan thinks. Don't ask for details, Declan warns. Malcolm nods. <sighs> Here it goes. Reed went to New York to get a Druid book. He had Mrs. Cotel translate it for him. He found a resurrection spell, and he and Gates came up with the idea for him to do a resurrection spell and transforming spell at the same time, using the earth as a binder instead of himself. Whew! Declan sighs since he said all that in one breath. Idiots! Malcolm states, but he doesn't ask any questions or details as promised. A bunch of idiots! He judges once more in protrude form. He keeps quiet about everything else. Now, what is this show about? Declan smiles. Glad you asked. Declan is glad the two can act like nothing is wrong whatsoever. He only hopes that others know what they're getting themselves into. As promised, Malcolm works to keep Sophie at bay so Reed can practice in peace. Reed is currently doing a spell to make this little flower grow while also doing a spell to make another flower shrink. It's exhausting and his body feels like it's literally being torn in two. Reed can feel sweat drop from his forehead to his nose and he shakes his head so it can fall off. <laughs> I'm done for today. Reed pants as he collapses to the ground. I'm so tired. Yes comes and helps his friend stand to his feet. You did good, bro. Anders congratulates from where he's standing and watching off to the side. Thanks, man. Reed responds with a tired smile. I think Mr. Wilderman should help you, Yes decides. He's your breakout coach, so he knows all about your powers. Reed nods at the good idea and heads for the house. I'll talk with him tomorrow about it then, Reed decides. But for now, I just need to relax. Reed hates to admit it, but his body actually hurts. And he's doing basic spells. He has no idea how he's going to be able to pull this off come two weeks from now. Well, don't relax for too long or else you'll miss class, Anna says as he stretches. I'm skipping, Reed mumbles as he rubs at his stomach. Anders frowns and follows his brother into the house and up the stairs. I'm sorry? <laughs> Anders laughs in disbelief. I thought I heard you say you were skipping. I did. Reed responds back. What the fuck, Reed? Anders shouts as he slams her bedroom door behind him. You're lying, hiding shit, and now you're even skipping class. What is going on with you? Reed wants to tell him. He really does, but he knows he can't. The one person who could stop Reed from going through with this plan is Anders. So he can't let his twin know. He can only pray Anders doesn't get a vision about Reed's plan. Maybe Reed can do a barrier spell on himself like the Druids had done before. Emoji broke through it. I'm just stressed. Reed half lies. He really is stressed. 
examiners are coming up. Kaya is going to die. We're approaching senior year next year and I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. Dad hates me. I'm just stressed and I'm trying and I don't have an outlet. So I'm just trying to cope any way that I can. Anders deflates at this and a sad expression crosses his face. It breaks Reed's heart because this isn't entirely true. He's stressed, yes, but that's because he's afraid he's going to die trying to bring Kaya back to life. And he doesn't want to disappoint Anders. His brother is the only one who's truly been in his corner every step of the way since birth. Anders will always choose Reed no matter what. And Reed wants to live for him. Live to be better. You should have just told me what was wearing you. Anders says in sympathy. He can't believe his twin has been suffering in silence and he had no idea. How did he miss this? He feels guilty. Hey, don't sweat it, Reed. I mean, Anders. Reed eases Anders' mind. I think I just need rest. Anders tightens his lip but relents all at the same time. Fine. Anders gaze. But I'm skipping with you. Reed can't do anything but laugh as his, as his twin starts to tickle him. Maybe everything will be okay after all. Reed clings to the hope. As Anders and Reed enjoy their day skipping classes, the others are attending school as normal. You seem upset. Kaya notes as she and Sophie leave their last class of the day and begin to hand to the vampire dorms. You've been snippy all day as well. I think Professor Young was prepared to cry after you told her the lesson was so boring even the dead were trying to commit suicide. Sophie kicks at a rock. Which, joking about suicide isn't okay? I know it's not and I'm sorry, Sophie admits. Declan knows something and he won't tell me what it is, Sophie pouts. But I know he knows what's going on with Yates and Reed. I hate that he lied to me this morning while Yates and Reed were training, Sophie continues her complaint. I kind of get that vibe too. Kaya agrees and she pushes, pushes her straps up on her shoulder. The boys are hiding something from us. And doesn't that piss you off? Sophie grips. Kaya smiles at her friend and shakes her head. No, I trust them. Kaya says with conviction, that's enough for me. Sophie pouts harder and sighs. Besides, I have a lot of other things on my mind, which is true. Kaya still can't help but wonder what it would feel like to be fed on by a vampire. Will she forget all her problems? That's something she's desperately craving right now. Kissing with Declan is fun and steamy, but it's not enough anymore. She needs a stronger diversion. At least tell me why I'm taking you to see the vampires, Sophie inquires. Mr. Kowalski is making us do those history papers, remember? Kaya responds. I'm choosing the history of vampires, so I figured talking with Sam will help me get a better idea as to who they are. Kaya half lies. She is doing a paper on them, but her wanting to speak to them has nothing to do with her paper. She wants to know if the rumor is true. Can she really escape reality and get a deeper charged high from them drinking her blood? Can she finally escape her demon-filled mind composed of her untimely death? She needs an escape. I think we should have asked one of the boys to come with us, Sophie states as she rubs her arm. She looks nervous. She knows she does, but she can't really help it. 
After seeing Avara lose control like that, it makes her wonder how many vampires are one blood drop away from losing control. She's lived a sheltered life. Not all vampires mean no harm. And if one wanted to kill her, how would she survive? Hey, are you nervous? Kaya asks hesitantly. You keep scratching at your arm. The closer we get. Did something happen? Kaya wonders to herself. I... Sophie starts and stops when she sees a body running up to them. Chase? She tilts her head to inquire. Chase barrels up to them and stops right in front of Kaya before reaching out and giving a massive hug. You saved my life the other night, he hugs tighter. I was looking everywhere for you to thank you for the heads up. Zaire said he smelled some of the druids lurking around. They would have got me for sure. I'm just returning the favor. She smiles as she laughs and pulls away. Chase's face brightens. So, what are you doing heading to the vamp's place anyways? Chase asks as he begins to walk with them. It's not safe for the two of you girls to go alone, you know. Sophie hates the bubble of hope building up inside of her. Chase is a werewolf. And he's strong. If anything, he'll be able to save them if a rogue vampire comes along. Then come with us and protect us maidens. Sophie jokes. Har har, Chase deadpans. I guess I can come along though. With everything going on, I'll feel a lot better if I'm there. I heard Avaro's recovering from a bender. He is. He, he really is. Sophie looks off into the distance as she responds. The words of Hendrix coming back to her mind in the form of a replay. There's nothing wrong with you. This is just your nature without controlling your cravings. Bloodlust. Kill. The markings of a monster just enters away. Such a sad thing, too, Chase says quietly. I met him once, and he seemed so nice. It's scary to know what lies beneath the surface. So if he looks at Chase quickly before looking away, like unknowingly holding the hand of a killer, not even knowing that you could have been next. We're all capable of killing, Kaya responds back. Ah, but not all of us live for the kill, Chase quips in return. Zaire is bloodthirsty. I know firsthand what it feels like to stare a killer in the eyes and still want to love the person beneath the hunger. Kaya doesn't know how to respond, so she doesn't. The three of them walk in silence. Arriving at the dorms located off campus, they walk the flight of stairs up to the second floor and head straight. Stopping at room 207, they don't even have to knock before it opens. Sonic is standing there wearing tight black briefs and nothing else. His pale skin standing out in the darkened room. Sorry for waking you early, Kaya apologizes as she steps in the dorm. The three get led to the bedroom, which has two chairs in it. I appreciate you for meeting with me, though. Not a problem, he answers in kind. <sighs> Anything for self, he yawns as he reaches out his hand and targets his attention chase. Hey, man, I'm Sonic. Would have gotten another chair if I knew there would be three. Spare the moment decision. Chase replies with an awkward laugh. <laughs> I am Chase, by the way. Oh, I've heard of you. Sonic laughs in return. <laughs> you keep getting into fights with magicals. Chase scratches the back of his head as he looks on in a sheepish expression. 
That would be Mia, <laughs> he responds, Sonic glass once again in a hearty manner before slapping Chase on the back. Well, then enter, my friends. Sonic closes the door. Chase, you sit on the bed with me. Kaya, you and Sophie have the chairs. Everyone gets seated properly. Try and keep it down, though. Avaro is asleep in his room. Sophie freezes up briefly before schooling herself to a calm persona. For sure. Kaya responds as she opens her notepad that she took out from her bag currently located on the floor by her feet. So, Sonic, what did it feel like to be turned? That question is a little invasive, is it not? Chase looks at Sonic and then at Kaya. As a cursed creature, Chase understands how personal it is when one turns for the first time. It's painful, scary, and confusing, is it? Kaya questions innocently. I'm sorry then. Ah, it's fine, it's fine. Sonic says in good spirit. I was turned five years ago, walking home from a baseball practice. Sonic chuckles as he remembers. My mom told me not to walk home alone, but I thought I was grown. Oh man, was she right? He shakes his head. A vamp spotted me, thought I was dinner, charged me and sucked my blood right then in the middle of the street light at night in a suburban neighborhood. He left me to die, but I didn't. I woke up hungry. Did it hurt? Kaya asks as she looks at his neck almost as if she could still see the bite marks lingering. Oddly enough, no, Sonic recalls. felt like a pinch. But then this overwhelming, numbing sensation began to course through me and I felt nothing at all. Lightheaded, but that's about it. Kaya back. Kaya leans back in her chair and bites on her bottom lip. She wants to feel that. He must have been a baby vamp, too, because only they would make that mistake of turning someone instead of killing them. What was going on in your mind at the time? Kaya continues on. Nothing. Sonic admits. I had absolutely no thoughts. Thank you. She says quietly. This is what she wants. Just once. She just wants to escape her thoughts just once. What do you want the world to know about vampires? Good question. Sonic rubs his chin. We're all greeting dead. He winks at Sophie and laughs. No, but seriously, I want the world to know that we're the same as when we were humans. It's just our inhibitions get heightened and we get cravings for blood because our bodies lack nutrients of our own. We're not all monsters. Sophie sees Sonic look at her and she knows instantly that he can tell her hesitation because of Alvaro. She appreciates the sentiment. Deep down, she knows that not all vampires are monsters, but they do have the capability to cause serious harm, just like the sirens and the werewolves and hell, even humans. How prepared is she for the real world? One outside of the protective walls of Wellington Oaks. Oh, wow, really? Sophie tunes back in to hear Kaya say this. Kaya and Sonic must have been continuing their conversation while she was deep in thought. She focuses her attention on Chase, who's looking at Kaya with a sort of fond expression. Not necessarily an expression of lust, but it is one of love of some sort. It would be nice if Kaya and Chase got together. It would be nice if Sophie could change fate and keep her friend alive. It kills her. It hurts her to know that Kaya's fate is to be another body. At the bottom of a lake. Is there nothing Sophie can do? 
Is she really this useless? Isn't that right, Sophie? Sonic asked her. Sophie has no idea what they were talking about, so she just smiles and nods. Of course, she agrees. Thank you, Soph. Kaya pats her on the leg to say. Sophie raises a questioning brow and shakes Hill's back a laugh. <laughs> you just agreed to go to a vampire bar tonight with Kaya and Sonic. Chase mouths to her. Sophie's jaw drops and she wants to immediately take back her agreement. But her roommate hasn't looked this alive in weeks. So Sophie grinds her teeth and smiles through her internal turmoil. What the fuck have I gotten myself into? She can't help but think. Sophie has this persona that she's the life of the party. And that's the way she wants it to seem. However, deep down, she has her own fears and worries too. She can be Miss Go with the flow. But most of the time, she'd rather plan ahead or stay home and study. Right now, she's afraid that her whole life has been one big coddled sanctuary. She's been so sheltered that she's honestly afraid that if she gets into a situation of real danger... She won't be able to keep herself safe. It's a feeling that haunts her soul. Not being able to get out of the current situation, Sophie resents her, resigns herself to her fate. Now it's nighttime, and they are all at a club. The club is packed. It makes Kaya feel slightly claustrophobic. Sonic was able to sneak them in since they're underage, and Kaya is very grateful for that. Right now, she's moving through the darkened club. Only light coming from the neon strobes flashing in and out on the black floors. From their current location, there's a crescent-shaped bar to the right with a busy-looking bartender. Straight ahead is all dance floor and sweaty bodies are all around as she squeezes through them. Where are we going? Kaya shouts to Sonic, who is pulling on her arm. Attached to her other arm is Sophie, and attached to Sophie's arm is Malcolm. Kaya really wished he hadn't have come. She can deflect the others from her overall plan, but lying to a guy who reads minds? Yeah, that's going to be pretty hard. To the back, Sonic yells back. The response is barely heard over the music and the thumping bass that has her whole body jumping. She continues to slither through tight spaces as random people grab her. She doesn't stop until Sonic suddenly ceases his movements in front of her brown door with a silver keypad on it. Sonic punches in some code and twists the door open, which leads to a set of stairs. They climb up the brown stairs and reach a huge area. The atmosphere throws Kaya for a loop. It's so dark up here with only tinted blue lights glowing randomly. There are ten booths lined up along the walls of the room and off to one side is the bar. The booths contain red lounge couches and one clear table in the center. There's also smoke covering the floor area. Sonic, he brought guests. A tall, slim man comes up to greet Sonic with a hug. The man has pale skin, which pitch black hair, and a goatee to match. His eyes are baby blue, and he has very high cheekbones. My name is Shun, and I own this club. He does a little cute twirl that has Kaya amused. I'm Kaya, she introduces herself. This is Sophie, and that's Malcolm. Welcome to my club, friends of Sonic, Shum smiles. Kaya returns the smile and turns to see Sophie leaning into Malcolm in a manner that looks like she's trying to shield herself from the vampires. 
and makes Kaya curious as to why her friend has such a timid nature all of a sudden. So Kaya makes a mental note to ask Sophie about it later on tonight. Taking another look around, Kaya walks around a bit to take in the scenery. There are girls and guys alike, all dressed in short, tight clothing as they cuddle up with what appears to be vampires. One girl in particular has a look of pure euphoria on her face as her head is tilted and things are digging into her neck. And as things are digging into her neck, Kaya rubs at her neck absentmindedly before biting on her bottom lip. Malcolm, Kaya thinks loudly. Malcolm tilts his head to the side and responds with a yes. Please distract Sophie from me so I can finish my interview. She seems on edge around vampires for some reason. Malcolm nods once and grabs his girlfriend by the elbow. Dance with me, Malcolm commands. But we can't leave Kaya alone, Sophie whines. I'm fine. Kaya responds as she pushes her friend away. Go, dance, have fun. Sophie lowers her gaze and glares in curiosity before allowing Malcolm to take her away without Sophie around and Malcolm to judge. She turns to Sonic. I want to know how it feels. She blurts out without control. It can be good to write in my paper how it truly feels to be bitten by a vampire, you know? So you lot aren't written to be the bad guys. There's so much negativity about vampires and biting. She babbles, not really making sense to herself. Sonic smiles knowingly. You don't have to lie for my sake, Sonic says as he leads her to an unoccupied booth. Sit, he instructs. Plenty of people want to know how it feels to be bitten, but be careful. Sonic runs a hand down the right side of her neck. People are known to get addicted. He kisses right under her earlobe, then trails a kiss to the midpoint of her neck. I don't tend to bite magicals, he whispers in her ear. The blood is too sweet. He drops his fangs and sinks them into the brown skin. Kaya gasps as she clenches on to his hands and her body arches as her head leans back. This feeling can only be described as pure ecstasy. If this was a cheesy movie, there would be some flashback to her being a child with curly hair, a sundresser running in slow motion through a field of sunflowers as the sun shines on her face. That's how she feels right now. Utter bliss, like nothing can touch her. Kaya's body is numb and that's the, and the idea that she might be dead soon doesn't even seem like an issue anymore. She's content. It's only too bad this feeling can't last forever. Because she can hear Sophie before she can see her. What the fuck? Sophie shouts. And thank God the music is so loud. No one even stops what they are doing to watch the drama unfold. Kaya can tell how livid Sophie is by the way the teen stops cussing. This is why I told Malcolm we couldn't leave you alone. I asked him to do it. Kaya defends. And Sophie reaches out and drags her out of the booth. Kaya can feel blood trickling down her neck. And Sophie's eyes seem to track the movement before her nose flares in anger and disgust. Kaya feels lightheaded and a bit wobbly as she stands in front of her friend. Why would you ask him to drink from you? Sophie is completely baffled and bewildered right now. He could have killed you. He has more control than that, Kaya defends. They don't have control, Sophie yells in return. One drop of blood and they're all things and hurting people. Going on benders, not fair. Sonic stands up. I'm not Alvaro. I don't drink from those who don't want me to, and I don't drink from humans who are blood addicts. Right, because I believe that, Sophie says sarcastically. 
He's your friend, Sophie. Why are you treating him like this? Kayak, seriously? Do you not trust him anymore? Truth is, Sophie doesn't trust him. Not since she realized how defenseless she was against him and his kind if they so choose to lose control like Alvaro. He almost killed a man, a grown man. He could absolutely destroy her if he wanted. I don't need her to answer that question. I can already tell by her body language. Sonic shakes his head. I thought you were better than that, Sophie. Judging people based on who they were? Sophie swallows a lump in her throat. This isn't about me trusting. This is about you wanting to have your blood drain. Sophie turns it back around to Kaya. Did you know that it doesn't even hurt to have them bite you? Kaya responds. It hurt more to have my ears pierced. And it felt so good, Soph. He was gentle and he had control. They only drink because they have to. None of them actually be cursed, but they are. They're just trying to make it like everyone else. They're just trying to survive. You seem to have all the answers then, huh? Sophie states more calmly than before. But this calm is eerie. Like the calm before the storm. So why don't you stay with your new vampire friends and let's see if you can make it out here alive in the morning. Sophie storms away. Malcolm is left standing completely baffled. Go after her. Kaya tells him, I'll text Chase to pick me up. Malcolm hesitates, relieves anyways. Kaya sits and sighs as Sonic hands her a napkin. Thanks, she mumbles and wipes at her neck. Kaya texts Chase, and he says he's on the way. I should go downstairs and meet him. Sonic doesn't say anything to her, just nods and looks off into the distance as if in deep thought. He and Sophie have been friends since he first arrived. For her to treat him like this, he must feel so hurt right now. <sighs> I can really use a drink, she says to herself, but her body still feels tingly. She moves through dancing bodies and slaps off unwanted hands as she maneuvers to the exit. Standing outside, she wraps her black jacket tighter around her body as the cool air blows gently, making trees sway. She sits on a nearby curb and waits. Her wait isn't long because she sees a black Audi pull up in the parking lot and Chase gets out of the passenger side. He's wearing great sweats and a white t-shirt as he jogs up to help her stand. What the hell happened? He sounds very concerned. Sophie and I got into a fight, she responds. At least, I think we did. I'm not really sure what just happened. And she left you? Just like that? Chase can't believe what he's hearing. In a vampire club at night? She stormed off, so Kaya trails off and looks to the ground. Chase wants to see more, but doesn't. Come on. Chase pulls on her arm. Warning, Zaire is driving. It's his car. I was training with him when you text. Kofi groans and plashes on a smile. She will play along with Zaire so she can get her to home safe. Thank you, she says to Zaire as she climbs in the back seat. Don't touch anything, Zaire responds, and Kaya smiles as she runs her fingers all over the seat. Surprisingly, Zaire just smirks at this. Maybe he's in a good mood, she thinks hopefully. Seems like your magical friends abandoned you, Zaire comments. Magicals aren't loyal, are they? Kaya doesn't respond because there's nothing she can say in retort. 
Sophie and Malcolm should be back home by now since it took Chase about 15 minutes to arrive. Yeah, there's no messages coming to her phone. See? Chase eyes. Kaya, how was your night? What was Sophie so upset about that she just left you? Kaya touches her neck on instinct. Zaire's eyes follow the movement with slanted eyes. I can't bit you? Zaire questions what anger tinted in his voice. I let him. She was quick to respond. I wanted to know what it felt like. My curiosity got the better of me, and Sophie just flipped, stormed off. Chase shakes his head. She was acting nervous, being alone with that sonic guy earlier, Chase notices. But to leave you in a vampire club all alone is ridiculous. Even if she is going through something, hold on tight. Zaire raises the hand as his phone rings. What? No. Listen, you little siren. I don't need this right now. Just be patient. Tianjar again? Chase questions quietly. Is she the tall one? Zaire squints. Yes. Chase says, then yes. Zaire responds. I just need her to go to Portland with me. Not go out on a date. You should have known she just wanted to get close to you. Chase laughs. My dad knew people in Portland. Kaya pops her head up to say. He said they were friends of his. But thinking back on it, I'm sure they were some sort of supernatural creatures. Do they have any weird marks on their necks? Zaire's not interested. Yes! Kaya nods. Three dots in the form of a triangle. Zaire slams on brakes and pulls over to the side of the road. Flashes on. Do you know this woman? Zaire opens his phone and shows the siren that was spotted near a high school in Portland. No, but the man behind her was arguing with my dad about seven months before he died. Kaya recalls. She remembers the argument. She went with her dad on a business trip to Portland. They came out of a restaurant when a man came up to Kaya's dad and her dad told her to go back inside. She went and saw... The two of them making wild hand gestures and a lot of head shaking. The other man stormed off and Kaya's father said that they were cutting the trip short. They made a stop at a bakery store where he met some woman with marks on their necks. And that was it. I need you to come with me to Portland. Zaire turns to her to say. Kaya snorts. Oh wait. Kaya furs her brows. You were serious? I have exams in two weeks. I can't just hop on a plane and go to Portland. Her voice raises an octave. I wasn't asking, Zaire says slow, and makes sure every word is heard. Unless you're kidnapping me, I'm not going, she responds back with gumption. Sirens stay near large bodies of water, Zaire explains. This group is going more and more inland, and they're singing songs that are leading to killing of humans. I want to know why. Will you go to Portland with me and help me find out? If they know your dad, they might be willing to talk to you. You threatened to kill me. Kaya glares because you shot me with lightning. Zaya retorts, only because you were trying to kill Declan, she defends. It's Declan. Have you met the guy? Kaya laughs despite herself, and she catches Chase chuckling under his breath. Look, Zaya softens a bit. I don't like magicals. Drew has killed my mother. I'm never going to be okay with what you are. But I would appreciate it if you helped me anyways. Will you be nice? Kaya folds her arms over her chest. I won't threaten you. Zagir offers a return. Kaya notices the man doesn't say he won't kill her. <sighs> she sighs and turns to Chase. 
What do you think? She asks as Zagier starts driving again. I think it's your choice. Chase looks to a glaring Zagier. But you should go. If you trust me, then you can trust Zaire. He won't hurt you as long as he needs you. That doesn't make Kayafa better at all. The rest of the ride is quiet until they arrive to her house. The door opens and standing is Reed and Declan, two people who didn't even bother to text Kaya to see how she was getting home after seeing Malcolm and Sophie arrive home without her. She swallows a lump in nuts. I'll help you. At least if she dies young, she'll know she'll save some lives while she was on Earth. Good. Zaire smiles as if he's just won something. I'll have Chase text you so we can so you can provide us with details so we can buy your plane ticket. We leave tomorrow morning. She nods and gets out of the car, rushing up the driveway and pushing past the teens at the door. Kaya, wait! Ray goes to grab her. She peels off his hand and goes to her room as she slams the door and makes sure it's locked. Kicking off her shoes, she takes off her pants, jacket, and shirt and jumps on the bed face first. She silently cries in her pillow as she plays over everything that's happened. Her emotions are going haywire right now and everything seems to be swirling within her at once. She's not sure if she really grieved her father. She was too shocked about this world that it distracted her from processing. Her father was murdered. His life was taken against his will, all to protect Kaya and her mother. Now here Kaya is and her life is still destined to end prematurely. Did her father die for nothing? Did he sacrifice himself for nothing? Will Kaya be able to avenge his death? On top of that, Kaya feels guilty. She feels ashamed that her father didn't think he could come to her with this. She feels stupid for having all this power and never knowing it. It feels horrible that her father carried this massive weight on his shoulder that she never noticed, not even once. Now, she's in this house with friends for the first time and everything is so new. But at the same time, she can't help but ponder if she even belongs. She's not rich like everyone else. Doesn't know the true might of her gift like the others either. She doesn't have a special person like Sophie and Malcolm, Anders and Reed and Declan and Anders. And Declan and Gates. She's just here. And just when she thought they cared for her, like she was one of them, Sophie leaves her in a vampire club all alone and no one messages her. So yes, Kaya cries. She soaks her pillow with her tears as she hugs the thing to her chest. She wishes her mother was talking to her, but right now the woman is still in denial, but Kaya dying doesn't wish to see her. It pains Kaya's heart, but what can she do? The only thing she can do is work with Zaire and maybe stop some sirens from killing people, thus saving some lives. So she gets up. She reaches under her bed for her black duffel bag and heads to her dresser to throw ram clothes in the bag. Enough for a few days. She goes and grabs her backpack, but then decides to put it back down on the ground. What's the point in studying when you might be dead before the exam? A depressing part of her thinks. She wishes she could shake the thoughts away, but this time she can't. So she puts the backpack down and heads back to her duffel bag. That's when the lock on the door starts to turn. The door opens, entering the room as Declan, 
but closes the door back and locks it. Kaya doesn't make eye contact, just closes the duffel. You often use your gift to sneak into girls' room? Kaya sits on the bed and looks at him. Declan scratches the back of his neck and takes a seat in her black desk chair. Only when they're being difficult, he retorts as he looks at the bag on her bed. Are you seriously leaving? In the morning, she mumbles as she texts Chase her information. And where do you think you're going? Declan stands and walks over to the bed. You planning on running away with this little bit of stuff? He starts taking out the stuff out of her bag and she stands pushing him with her head. Stop it, Declan. She yells as she puts the irons back in the bed. Then tell me where you're going. He demands to Portland with Chase. She wisely leaves out the part about Zaire attending as well. Our flight leaves tomorrow. He's the one who came and got me tonight. You know, when Sophie and Malcolm left me and no one bothered to text to see if I was okay. Declan opens his mouth and closes it. We were so busy yelling at Sophie and Malcolm. He trails off as he runs a hand down his face. I'm sorry. It was malicious. I was ripping Sophie a new hole when I decided to come get you, but then I saw you pull up. Kaya believes that, but at the end of the day, they forgot about her, even if just for a moment. Kaya doesn't really fit. And Kaya knows that her going to Portland is something that she needs to do. Look, she sighs. I'm tired. You should really go. She walks to the door and opens it as she waits for him to leave. I'm coming with you then. Chase lifts his head in defiance. You and Chase will not work out, so no. Kaya once again deliberately lays out the part with Zaire be attending as well. I can play let nice as long as I know you're safe, Declan argues. I wanted to go to the club with you tonight, but you told me to stay home and that Malcolm was going. Do you think I would have left you alone in some vampire club? The answer is no. Declan would never have left Kaya alone. He wouldn't have even let Sonic get close enough to her for her to experience getting bit. It's the reason why she chose Malcolm instead of Declan. The thought does come for her, though. Listen. She sighs. This is something I need to do. Alone. I would be careful, though. I also need you to get out now. Fine. He puffs out of breath, but does as he's told. She locks the door as soon as he leaves. Getting back in the bed, she covers her face with her blanket before realizing Declan just saw her in her bra and underwear. With a beet red face, she goes to sleep.